welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Today, I'm appreciating technology and Zoom, as I have a head code, (laughs) but I can still chat with today's guest. And yes, that's my way of saying my voice is rather nasal today. The end of the year is in sight now, and in fact, today's guest is the last new one for this year. December has been a year-end wrap kind of month with great guests who have food for thought for you to start the new year with. Two weeks ago, my guest had great information and really good tips on regaining or maintaining health as we get older, and lifestyle ideas, not just another diet. Last week, we discussed forgiveness. Uh, My guest has made it her life's work to assist her clients to understand and undertake forgiveness. And as we begin a new year, if we're still carrying or being haunted by some baggage, it's a good undertaking. Today, my guest works with women who are solopreneurs and, at our age, possibly more than a little interest in the concept of being a digital nomad. Business growth, social media, solutions on marketing, Clarity on your business as you start a new year is well worth the listen. If you're curious, let me really entice you. How does a mastermind and wellness retreat in Lisbon sound? Let's get started. Carol Clegg, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Hello, Agnes. This is wonderful. I am so looking forward to talking to you. And thank you for having me as a guest on your show. Um, yeah, it's it's um, been an interesting, I think that you and I both use the same app, Podmatch. Yes, that's where and, I found you. Right, and I'm enjoying it. I must admit, I think it's one of the winners. There are a couple of others out there that hmm, don't quite serve me as well. Yeah. And I seem to get a lot of spam on them. So oh. I am happy with Podmatch. I think they've done a great job. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm brand new on Podmatch this fall, and I've been really pleased. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. a number of my guests this fall have been from Podmatch. Carol, your background is really interesting. Cape Town, living aboard a sailboat in the Caribbean, to the United States, to falling in love with Lisbon. Tell us more about you. Oh, thank you. I know. So Cape Town is my home city. Um, That's where I grew up. And in our 30s, my husband and I decided that it was time to leave South Africa, unfortunately. And that's been quite a journey. Um, And I, I say that to other people that relocate and leave their country, that it isn't easy. And no matter how long you've been gone, you know, we've been gone since the 90s. And yes, we have. We've packed a wonderful life in since then. But it's an it's an interesting, challenging 
process to come to terms uh, with leaving your country. But we hopped onto a sailboat. Neither of us knew how to sail. And kind of crazy, I know. We, um, My husband reads the water and knows the water very well. He's a, a professional kayaker and has represented both South Africa and the United States. So I trusted his ability to... <laughs> Keep us moving safely, but we raised our two children and lived in the Caribbean for six or seven years, and it was a wonderful, wonderful time. I think it, it created such a solid base for our family in that we were all together, and yes, sometimes that got a little ratty, so we would pop the kids on. We had a little sailboat. We'd say, it's time to go ashore now and go and play, and we'd watch them through the binoculars to make sure that they were okay and they both learned to swim from a very early age but it was an incredible time for our family I was able to homeschool our children and when we moved as you asked to the United States um, that I decided to stay with it because that way we weren't governed by school holidays nor where we had to live and so we didn't have to be in the good school district or this or that so we had that flexibility And another thing that I'm very grateful for, because to this day, my daughter is an avid learner, and I believe she's telling me she wants to go back to school. So she um, is looking at applying for her master's in clinical therapy um, and might be starting that next year. So we will see. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh, that's great. Okay, two questions. is for Well, one question, one statement, I suppose. Did you go to the Caribbean and buy a sailboat or did you sail from South Africa up to the or the Caribbean? I was not that brave. So we bought a sailboat with a funny story in Miami and we had 48 hours. We gave ourselves 48 hours to find that sailboat. Oh, um, because we had other commitments, we bought a ticket for a year to come to the United States from South Africa, trying to decide if we wanted to settle in New Zealand or the United States. And so with all the other things that were in the way, we said, okay, if we find a sailboat in our price range in 48 hours, we're going to do this. And so it worked. <laughs> and we kept, we did that first boat and then we actually sold her and purchased a second boat when my daughter was about two weeks old. And um, yeah, so she moved aboard as a brand new baby and yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> so. exciting. Yeah. And the, the statement I wanted to make was just the fact that I think it's a good idea for families to live in close quarters. You know, it's I, I look at some of these big, huge houses that are out there now where, you know, you never have to see each other from day to day, basically. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's very cool yeah. and fun. Yeah. The sense of it. Uh, I think it's a, it does create a solid base and it just it gives you a chance to respect each other mm-hmm. um, and respect each other's space as opposed to, I don't know, I just, yeah, I think it's been important. It's been an important part of our family. Now, I mentioned women in business in my intro, and just in case some of the women are thinking, our listeners are thinking, oh, it's just an idea I have, you work with women midlife and starting a business, correct? That is correct, yes. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. (laughs) So I, I would love to encourage women. Many women, I think, decide that you know, oh, they'd love to do something, but they don't feel qualified enough to do it. And I always love that image of stretching out your hand to hold on to somebody else's who you can learn from and 
stretching your hand down that you can bring somebody up and help and teach them. And so we don't have to know it all when we start, but if you have a passion, that's going to show. And so if you have something that you care about and you know that you can help somebody move from a state of being stuck or overwhelmed to a state of enjoying where they're at, then I just say, go for it. And there's so many people to help hold your hand, you know, in the whole coaching realm. I mean, everybody is a coach nowadays, <laughs> but there's somebody to hold your hand. And I think that is important because if we don't have somebody to encourage us, because as a solopreneur, it's quite lonely. You end up spending a lot of time you know, on your own and your own ideas rolling around in your head. And so what I love to start with is encouraging people to take those ideas and I call them your volcano of ideas, and to write those down, you know, write them down on a Google Doc, write them down in a journal, just get them all down, don't discount them and pretend that, oh, well, I could never do that, or that one doesn't matter, or that's crazy, and just write them all down. And then my next step that I love to do is mind mapping, and I don't know if you're a mind mapper, if you like, (laughs) if you use that tool. Sometimes at a time. I do encourage people then to take that one idea, pick one of them, pop it in the center of that mind map, and then just brain dump everything that goes around that. So let's say you were going to create a course. Um, You would put their course creation. You'd want to think of topics. What would my course, what would I teach? How would I teach that? How would I create that? Where would I host that? And just dump everything down so that you've got everything on the sheet of paper And then you can evaluate and go, well, is this an idea that I think my people need? Is it something that I can create um, in fairly quick turnaround time and not at a huge cost? Because you've got to bring in all those elements. Yes, we can have dreams to create something, but if it's going to cost an absolute living fortune and you need 10 virtual assistants to help you, is that what you want to be doing? You know, right out of the gate. And so I just encourage that and then researching. putting some research into your idea um, and yeah, you can do it. So I just, I, you know, I love being in business. I think I always have from a young age and it's so freeing. I I want, I encourage my daughter, you know, she's job hunting at the moment and say to entrepreneurship, it's always a backbone. It's something you can, you know, whatever it might be, be it your Etsy store, be it at the local farmer's market, you know, there's just, there's freedom in that. I say very similar things to my grandson. So I really liked your concept of, you know, reaching for help and reaching back to help someone else. And I'm going to try to remember in vain, probably one of the Hepburn women. So it was either Audrey or Catherine said, you have two hands, one to Ah. reach up for help and the other to reach back and help someone else. Something along those lines, as I say. Love it. I love it. Yeah. What What are some of the common hurdles that you see for women starting down the path of entrepreneurship or solopreneurship? So I think there are a few. I think one of the overwhelms is often tech and they Mm. think that they need to have everything in place before they can start. So that's that perfectionist that comes out, have to have a fabulous website. And if I'm correct, that's something that you do, the website, helping people with websites. Yeah, yeah. I'm still working on that course. (laughs) Fabulous. But, you know, so yes, you can have a website and it doesn't have, you can keep changing it. I have the the fault that I do my own and so I keep tweaking it. But, you know, just starting off um, and not being overwhelmed, putting some very basic tools. So you need to have an email to be able to talk to people. 
you know, building your, your email, your newsletter list is critical. So that comes with a little bit of networking and asking friends and telling them what you're about to step into because you never know when you share with somebody what you do that they might know somebody who needs what you do. So I think, you know, that, that, so the tech is overwhelming. I think um, the building of the email list becomes overwhelming. Trying to think of some of the other things, um, charging what you were. I think that's another area that, you know, we as women often don't step into that because we allow self-doubt, but we're all in business and we can help each other, but we're entitled to charge. We don't have to give things away for free. So yes, sometimes when we're testing something, we might like to ask somebody's journey with us and test something out to get feedback or to get a review or, you know, something like that. But I do think we need to stand strong in believing that we can charge for what we offer. I had one coach. Well, she wasn't quite yelling at me, but she was saying, you're giving away the farm. (laughs) You know, because, yeah, I think uh, so many, I'll say women, I was going to say people, but I'll say women, you know, they they like to help. They've been caregivers of one description or another. And so just helping out again is just something they do. And as you say, yes, you've got to start charging for it. I'm guilty. Oh, my goodness. So guilty. When I moved into my mastermind concept, I had about 15 women who I'd sort of journeyed with either through Portugal or from, yeah, and I started it off for free. And it was so difficult to transition from free to charging and then charging too little. So that's one lesson that I learned. I think I would better test something with a tiny group of people and step straight into charging because friends and, you know, friends shouldn't expect something from us for free. Well, and I I have some examples in my own past where, you know, you tell somebody finally what you're doing because you don't want to, oh, they're, you know, my friends are going to think I'm, you know, whatever. And they go, I didn't know you did that. That's amazing. You know, and suddenly they are telling their friends. Or I did have someone reach out to me one time knowing, this is a previous lifetime, knowing what I did. And and I thought, oh, it's so nice of them to be interested, but I'm not going to really follow up because it'll sound like I'm trying to sell my friends. And it turned out that she was asking for help. Wow. And mm-hmm. I didn't find that out until months later. Right. And, I, you know, I called her up immediately and said, oh, my goodness. Like, she wasn't directly asking for help, but her inquiries were a roundabout way of asking for help. So, yeah, you know, if and if your friends aren't going to support you, just even encouraging, I'd say, yeah, I'll start looking at your friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other benefit of that as well is it helps us get that elevator pitch together mm-hmm. <laughs> because if we can, you know, go over and over and over again with, okay, what is it that we do? Who do we help? You know, who do we want to work with? And we can get that together. Then it's so easy to say to people. And I don't know if you're like me, but I love helping people. <laughs> so if somebody tells me what they do, I want the whole world to know. And I think that's where I started out about 10 years ago, where I started off as a virtual assistant in social media marketing. And I just loved the fact that I could tell the whole world what you were doing. <laughs> whether you wanted to know or not. (laughs) (laughs) Now, productivity seems to be a hurdle for women just starting down this path. (laughs) And actually, it could probably be a hurdle for people way down the path as well. I looked at your resources, and you have a number that helps streamline a business. Tell us about a few of them and how they would help a newbie with productivity. So I, my favorite is Trello. 
And I think that's perhaps because I'm a visual, although my office is surrounded with whiteboards and I have notepads all over the place and I collect journals. Trello helps keep me on track. And it's a fabulous tool for working with clients because it has all sorts of things. So you create, it's a visual, you create cards in in a format um, on the different boards that you have for different, but you can have people join those boards. You can add your documents so from Google Docs or anything else you want. So you have everything in one place. And then you can put a, you have an opportunity to add a due by date, which is awesome. So then it pops back up and tells you, you were supposed to do this by. So I use it for absolutely everything. I use it for my podcast production. So I have an SOP for my product, you know, have I let the guests know, et cetera. So I do that all on Trello. I use Trello for travel planning. And then I, one thing that I do love is having a board for myself with all my links. Because you know how difficult that can often be when you want to share one of your own links or one of your own products or an affiliate link. And you're searching and you're going, where did I put that? So I put all of those um, onto Trello so I can find them in one place. And then I also use it for my day-to-day, keeping me on track um, of, of what I'm, you know, what I'm doing. I love three, the number three. And I just believe that there's so many things that, you know, so I use my Google Calendar and I start the day with the three tasks that I want to do for the day. And I pop them in as task one, two, and three. I give them a name. And I give them a time because I believe that you do, you need to block everything on your calendar to make it happen. And that includes your time for yourself. You know, that includes going for a walk. That includes if you're going to read a book or whatever you're going to do, I find it super useful. So Google Calendar is my other friend. And then I'm super excited for something new that I've discovered. And I think it is out of the UK and it's called Paperbell. And it is a behind-the-scenes platform for coaches to manage everything from email reminders to appointments to having separate files for your clients. So you're putting everything in one place and you're not having to remember, I better send a reminder email, I better do this. And it connects to your Zoom. It just, it does everything. So this is my, you can hear that I'm a gadget (laughs) junkie. This is my latest, I love Paperbell, but I'm trying to have a look and see, um, and Canva, you know, for people that don't want to bring on, you know, a designer, you can get lost in Canva (laughs) because it's such a fabulous tool. Um, And then from a social media point of view to streamline, I love Buffer. And Buffer is my go-to app, both for my clients and for myself because you can schedule things. Um, it's just so user-friendly. You can repurpose things within Buffer. You can post to multiple. You get 10 different social media accounts. So, wow. you know, you and you can, post, you can change each one. So if you're putting something on LinkedIn, but you want it to look different on Facebook or Twitter, you can do that. So that is my other time saver is Buffer. Hmm, I may have to go back to your website and click a few links. <laughs> I, uh, I've heard of Trello and I liked your description of it because when I've seen it demonstrated in the past by colleagues, it's just like, you know, for business, it does this and, you know, it does that. And, but, you know, when you start looking at the big picture of your life to right. have everything, because uh, how many other things do we do that in our personal lives that exactly. wouldn't, wouldn't hurt yeah. to have a bit of planning with? 
Right. So. And I know, you know, you mentioned a little earlier with the digital nomad and I use Trello for when I'm traveling to make sure that I, I've got these certain check, just so you can make a checklist within your card on Trello. And, you know, have you put the mail on hold? Have you dealt with the most important things for your clients while you've got good internet? Because that's always the downfall when you're traveling. So I just, I have this checklist that I use um, before we travel and just making sure that all my, my, what do we say? My I's are dotted and my T's are crossed. (laughs) I think most of our listeners know that I always have a checklist of topics I want to touch on with my guest. and. We must be on the same wavelength because the next thing is uh, a subject that's been playing in the back of my mind for several years now, digital nomad. And that's just exactly Mm -hmm. what you mentioned. Explain, please, what a digital nomad is and how someone might go about embracing the lifestyle. I mean, Trello is obviously one way, but, but just talk about a digital nomad, please. Absolutely. So to me, there's many forms. I know there are a lot of young people out there who you know, call themselves digital nomads and might move frequently from city to city and are permanently on the go. But for us boomers, I take a slightly different stance and a different look at that in that I do want to keep my main home, but I love travel. And so I want to be able to travel, but at the same time, work with my clients and work on my business. So being what I call a digital freelancer, a digital nomad, you can do that. You absolutely can do that. So my dream is to live in Portugal for part of the year, to stay in my home here in New Mexico for part of the year. And then crazily enough, we actually have our sailboat back in our lives. We bought her back about two and a half, three years ago, full circle. And she is in Bonaire, which is down in the ABC Islands in the Caribbean. Oh, okay. So I want to be able to spend time there too. And so by having systems and tools in place, you don't have to give up your business. So, you know, especially with an online business, so you take it with you and you divide up your day as to, well, I'm going to work on my business for X amount of hours or only on these days while I'm away. Um, and then the other part that plays into this, which I love, is co-working spaces. And as we move into things opening up again and, you know, that becoming available, but co-working spaces back in sort of 2018 when I was in Portugal was an awesome opportunity to meet other people and so to build a community and to collaborate with other people. And and just once again, as I mentioned earlier, being a solopreneur and feeling that lonely feeling sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, heading out to co-working space to work. And I do that now. We have one down the road from me, so I try to go once a week. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of people there yet, but I do, you know, that comes also just to changing up your workspace um, and how refreshing that can be. So just, you know, moving yourself out of your your little office that you spend time in and spending some time in a co-working space. Um, and they're pretty affordable, you know, so I think all of those things complement into, and I just would encourage people that are listening is don't let age deter you. But, um, you know, pack those bags, pack them light, grab the computer. <laughs> well, my next question was was how age figures into the – or does – but it sounds like you've, you've covered that in terms of young people do like to be backpack on the go, whereas, yeah, I mean, in Canada they're called snowbirds, of course, because everybody wants to get out of Canada in the okay. winter, so they go south. Right. But, right. yeah, your example of – your full-time home, time in Portugal, time on your sailboat, 
you know, it's, you know, even if it's the same three things every year, you, you can do that. Right. And that's a digital method. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there are other things to support you. I mean, for instance, Airbnb does do monthly yes. rates often, so you can find something affordable. There's the house swap, which I have never done, but there's that opportunity to switch your home out. And there's actually a site that I recently come across, which is only woman. And it has only women listing their homes and their homes are only available to women. And I thought that was quite an interesting concept, you know, from a, from a traveling point of view. And then the other thing that um, a girlfriend of mine used to do was the house sitting. Yes. And we've just had that. Now we had a fabulous couple come and house sit and they have chosen, they've retired. And this is now how they're going to travel and see the country is they're going to make themselves available to house it. But if you were a digital nomad, all you need to ask of your host is that they have good internet and you could travel and take your business. So there's a lot of ways, I think, to unpack changing up your space a little bit and adding yeah. a little bit of travel. And I'll just it. go briefly back to um, what you said about co-working is at one point in time when I had moved to a new town, didn't know a lot of people. I really thought I've got to get out of the house. I've got to meet some other people and found it was a meetup group, actually. And it was great because mm. the only rule that the restaurant had was that we buy a coffee and a muffin or something. And so that's all it cost us from week to week. And one day I'm sitting there working and I think I was probably the oldest person there, but that was okay. And I guess I was having trouble with something and I just leaned back and said, oh, you know, that sort of exasperated thought. And somebody turned to me and said, well, what are you doing? And I said, I cannot figure this out. And they said, oh, they just changed that recently. It's this, this, and this. And I went, oh my goodness, like six months worth of coffee and muffins just got paid for in two and a half minutes. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that, absolutely. So so what sort of things do you do to com combine travel? You've talked about like Trello and co-working spaces to combine travel and showing up for your clients. So I do make sure that my clients know when I am leaving home base so that they're aware that there could be a time difference because that's important if you are in Europe and there's a time difference of, you know, when you're going to be available for your clients um, I do make sure that I put a notification in my email responder so that people do know, you know, when I'm traveling. And then, as I mentioned, I like to take care of the heavy duty stuff that might be very time consuming with a client. Um, and now I'm talking from a marketing point of view, not from a coaching point of view, because I, I wear two hats. So I still do marketing for three clients. So I would take care of all of what I could do when I know how long I'm going to be gone. But the other thing would be is to research what co-working space is available or, you know, so that you know that you've got some good internet. So I do have a Google Fi phone and I love that because that allows me in desperation, if there is no internet, I can use my phone and I can hotspot from that phone. So that is super helpful um, to have that. And so it costs me $20 a month when I don't use it. And then I pay per whatever I consume um, on the internet when I use it. So that has been um, a really a good, a very helpful when internet has not been. Because <laughs> that's the thing is if you're, you know, if you're working online, that's, that's one of the things that you are going to need. Once again, just going back briefly to the Airbnb thing is I was looking at that at one point in time, just pre-COVID. And oh my goodness, the, the discounts when you stay by the month in some, right. some pretty nice locations. 
And it was like, right. I cannot live at and home for that price. So. Right, right. And then I heard a fabulous tip that somebody shared a while back on a podcast about negotiating with the Airbnb hosts and having a look to see if their calendars are not very fully booked and initiating the conversation before you actually book with them in a very pleasant way, just asking questions, asking if they're close to public transport, asking this, asking that, you know, grocery store saying, you know, you're going to be there for a month or longer and just starting that conversation and asking them and saying, well, I've been looking at a few places. Um, Would you be open to further discounting your rate. And so for some owners who get, well, I know that they've got you there for two months, they'd be willing to do that because you know, they've got a, the same tenant. They're not having to clean after everybody. And um, so that, you know, so there's some negotiation, I think, that is available. Yeah. So it's oh, worth a try. Tip. I'm going to store that one. <laughs> okay. I was really intent on getting to Digital Nomad, but is there anything I haven't asked you? Any thoughts? for those midlife women uh, who are interested in pursuing the dream of solopreneur? So I think, you know, just connecting and choose, choose where you want to connect that it's going to be authentic. So my platform is LinkedIn. Um, I feel like I can have real conversations there and get to know people and support people. So I think you do need a community around you. You need a community when the, when the doubts comes in and you want to, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Um, and so that's where a mastermind can be helpful if you didn't or couldn't afford one-on-one coaching. That masterminds are priceless because you get all the the gifts and the ideas and the wisdom from different people in, in different industries. Um, and you come together and just brainstorm and get somebody to listen to what's troubling you and and give you some a fresh you know fresh set of eyes on something so i think one of the most important things is having encouragement in one way or another so be it an online community be it in a group be it in a mastermind and if you can afford it one on one coaching you know having a coach to hold you accountable and allow you to share those ideas and then help you you know find your way through picking up the nuggets and then yeah don't overwhelm yourself with tech just start start simple with what you need and you know give yourself perhaps 15 minutes a day I like to do that when I am learning something new is to not overwhelm myself and go okay I'm learning this new platform like Paperbell or be it Canva or be it Buffer but if I look at it in this big picture I'm going oh my goodness how am I ever gonna know where all these pieces are Just take 15 minutes because so many of these platforms provide awesome blog posts or, uh, you know, YouTube videos or something on their own platform that, but don't try and bite off too much. (laughs) Take off, you know, take small bites, baby steps, and you'll keep going. Oh, there you go. Now, would you agree, like you've talked about being on LinkedIn and you can find support there, but also in terms of social media, and I think it's just a, I'll say a necessary evil. It's necessary these days to be on somewhere on, on social media, but to also consider where you're going to find clientele. For an example, I was encouraged to join. Oh, there's it. What's the new one? I'm not going to think what it is now. Doesn't matter. I should look at my, oh, my phone's in the other room. Doesn't matter. And I'm going like, my clientele are boomers. Like boomers right. would never jump on this platform because it is too, too overwhelming. I love tech. And I 
can't be bothered. So, right. you know, the average, that's important. Yeah. No, what you're saying right there is so important is, you know, who are you talking to and where will they be? And perhaps only picking one, you know, one platform. And I think it also needs to be a platform that you enjoy. Because if you fight it and you're going to, oh, I've got to show up on Instagram and I can't find the right pictures and the right thing to say, um, you know, but there are other places to connect. I mean, being on podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, being guests on, on other people's podcasts and having people on yours is important. And if you're a writer, you know, blogging and building your community there. So, you know, there are other places. And so I know people get overwhelmed with all the, the social media apps and things that are out there, but I just encourage pick your one and and keep at it. You know, so that's important to not only, and it doesn't have to be every day or six times a day, but just be consistent and interact because that's often what people forget. You know, they go, well, I want so many people to like me or follow me, et cetera, but you need to put in five or 10 minutes a day responding and responding in sentences and and talking to other people because otherwise they don't know who you are and you're wanting them to talk to you. You need to talk back to them. So that is always a reminder that I tell people is you need to be social on social. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, and I've got an interesting anecdote there. I was following somebody who is like multi-millions of income per year. And there was something about, I don't know whether it was a video that he presented or whatever. And I made a comment. And within a very short time, I got a response like to my comment. And so I went to my own page and said, I realize this is probably a VA or hired help responding, but how nice that they responded promptly to my observations or my comments. And again, literally within minutes, I got a comment saying, actually, Agnes, it's me. I don't have a VA take care of my social media. And I just went, oh, my goodness, you know, so... It's, yeah. But that's a great conversation in from two parts that I look at it is, you know, for the, the person who did show up and responded directly to you. And then it's also a reminder to VAs to either identify that you are, you know, so you could respond and say, this is Carol or this is Agnes when you're on somebody else's account because, you know, we know people use VAs. Yes. So personalizing and letting them know that it's somebody else, I don't know. That's yes. kind of... Yeah. What I think is is perhaps a way to consider. Yeah. The message that I got was just, you're never too big to pay attention to people who follow you, which was really Lovely. nice. And, and yeah. a good insight too. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And same mm-hmm. as you were saying about the masterminds, once again, I've had some <laughs> pretty huge coaches during my time and they all still go to masterminds. Mm-hmm. So you know, if it's, mm-hmm. if it's good enough for those people who are making a kajillion dollars a year, it's Absolutely. a really good place for us to be. Too. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. But yeah. yeah. So you coach, please tell listeners about that. I do. And that's a new avenue in my business. So I've always done the masterminds, which is interesting. And now I'm going the other way and I was reading something other that said you should be starting with one-on-one coaching and then you grow into masterminds (laughs) but I have found that the ladies in my mastermind sometimes need a little more accountability or a little more clarity and so I am stepping into that as something brand new and wanting to just coach women through the tech overwhelm and through simplifying 
and just making progress. Because I look at businesses, there's sort of three legs. See, my number three is coming back again. But it's, it's your, your coaching or your clients that, you, that you're working with is one part of your business. Your marketing is a section of your business. And then your behind the scenes that supports you is a section of your business. And they all three need your attention. And so that's what I want to work with women, coaching them through those three legs of their stool. If that's the way I could call it. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm going backwards here with asking you this question. But Lisbon, tell us what happens in Lisbon. So Lisbon has been on the drawing board since 2018 <laughs> with way too many times of being cancelled and rescheduled. So I have put everything into next year, May 2022. And I've actually, can, I'm grateful in certain ways that it has been on pause because this has allowed me to revisit what I initially had planned. And so my, I've moved from what I thought was going to be the perfect type of wellness retreat for women solopreneurs to now realizing that as much as I love Portugal and I'm happy sitting in a co-working space and working, that people that are going to travel all the way to Europe need a bit of a balance. And so what I've changed it now into is 10 days, which starts off with the weekend where we get to play and explore Lisbon. Three days in a co-working space where there will be masterminds, hot seats, some coaching, so all activity around your business and helping you grow and learn new tools. And then wrapping it up at a, I don't think what they call them in Portugal, not a um, hacienda because that's uh, <laughs> here in New Mexico, but wrapping it up at a wellness retreat. And this woman happens to actually be from South Africa. So oh. I am thrilled. And she's about 45 minutes out of Lisbon. And her facility is just that. She hosts retreats. So then we would wind down with four days of just self-care, yoga, meditation, perhaps a cooking class, whatever else she's got to help me offer. So that would wrap up 10 perfect days in a gorgeous time of the year. May in Lisbon is just perfect. But yeah, so I'm excited. I am hoping that 2022 is going to be the year that this is eventually <laughs> yeah. going to get off the ground. And there'll only be space for 10 women. So it won't be, you know, overwhelming. Um, and then the accommodation is going to be in Airbnbs and just and dividing the group up. So that's also a little different in that we will not be together all the time. So there'll be some freedom that and that's why I, I'm inviting adventurous women who are secure in themselves, who feel they want to travel but would like a little bit of companionship, yeah. you know, a little bit of give and take, but not feel confined. Oh my goodness. I've got to hang out with these 10 women for 10 days. What happens <laughs> if I don't like any of them? <laughs> so there will be some, you know, some freedom built um, into that. So perhaps a nice way to uh, dip your toe into digital nomad. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to get personal here for a second. What, what brought, drew you to Lisbon? So I have, I've traveled a huge amount, um, been to quite a few countries and my, I went to Lisbon in 2018 twice. And the second time was on my own, um, without my family. And I was just taken aback with one feeling safe. It was just so cool that as a woman, I was able to go to a restaurant. I was able to 
meet up. We were part of a group of women entrepreneurs and we could meet up in a restaurant and I could walk back late at night without feeling concerned. There was a sense of peace there. And then there's a sense of welcoming. Oh my goodness. I mean, the Portuguese are just so kind. There's just, it's just was something I hadn't, I've always felt like a tourist, even when we lived and traveled in the Caribbean through the countries that I've been to in Europe I've always felt like I was the tourist, whereas in Portugal, no, I'm learning, trying to learn to speak the language, which is really difficult, but that wasn't a barrier. And even the older folks, the boomers, you know, they're curious and the ladies dressed in black are sort of looking at you, but it's not in a, it's in a friendly way. Um, So I just think that country has got so much to offer, but I need to keep it a secret, right? Well, um, my son-in-law is Spanish, so I guess I really have to go spend my time in Spain. I'm sorry, I've got to. (laughs) Right, right. He would not be happy, but they're 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 neighbors. I know they're cross over the border. (laughs) I just meant that you don't have competition. You know, you can. (laughs) Oh, and there's we've we've all got so much space to do what we do and support each other. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's enough for everybody. I I believe that. Carol, where do people find you online? Lisbonretreats.com. It's a <laughs> super easy website and everything is there from my masterminds, my one-on-one coaching, my packages, my resources that you want to help. Everything's at Lisbonretreats.com. And then I'd love to connect on LinkedIn. And it's just LinkedIn Carol Clegg, because that's my favorite place. I have a group there called Creative Woman in Business. And it's hard work on LinkedIn to keep, it's not the same as a Facebook page, but it's been worth it. I've been at it for over a year now, and it's just a space for women to come and collaborate and support each other or find, you know, the VA or the coach or the editor or the copywriter. It's just come and talk about what you do and come and look for people that might support you. Excellent. Okay. So the link to your website will definitely be in the show notes. I think I saw a number of social media links up in the top right, didn't I, on your website? Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm on all of them. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> so you'll find me on Twitter, on Instagram, on Pinterest. Um, I'm on Clubhouse. That's and the one I'm I couldn't in... remember. Yes. Yeah. So that is fabulous for older women to oh. find community. I never thought that in the beginning. So I joined, oh, it's almost been a year that I've been on there. January is when I joined. And I started off and then I went, "Mm -mm, this is not the space for me. But I've joined a club called the Women's Wisdom Club. And I actually host a room on Clubhouse. And I, the connection with women in my age group, phenomenal. So I do believe, and it's a place just to learn as well and listen. So you don't have to go to the big rooms and you can ignore the rooms that don't appeal and, you know, feel off topic. I mean, we have that on all platforms. Um, but there's another new one that's out <laughs> called Wisdom. Okay. And that's a new audio app that's come out, but it's different to Clubhouse in that it is one-on-one conversations. And the intent behind Wisdom is that you can share your wisdom, mentor somebody, will share your ideas. But as a podcast host, the beauty on wisdom is it records what you share. So you pop onto the app and you will start talking and teaching. You can save that to repurpose that. But people can only come up and talk to you one at a time. 
So it is perfect for conversations. You know, whereas Clubhouse, you could have a whole lot of people on the stage and you're relying on them keeping their mics muted. So wisdom, it's new. It's brand new. It's only been out, I think, just over two weeks. Well, here's another one for you. Topia. Have you heard of Topia? No, no. Uh, <laughs> because that's, that's another platform that uh, it's like being at a really large cocktail party or at uh, like just in a large conference room. And nice. you have this little body that you can take around the room and you don't hear anything until you get close to someone. And then you can hear what they're saying. And if it's not of interest, you move on to another area And if it's of interest, you could stop and and then they can hear you, you can hear them. And and you cannot be anonymous, which is kind of nice. So you can't have the lurkers. And and it's Topia, T-O-P-I-A? Yes, yes. Okay, we'll have to check that one out. (laughs) Like I need another shiny new tool to chase after. (laughs) Well, I was just thinking that when you were saying that Clubhouse is actually a great tool, that, oh, no, now I do have to go check it out. But, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. Let me see. Listeners, check out Carol's website. <laughs> there is information. Tips, links to productivity tools. We just talked about those. This trip down the road to solopreneur or digital nomad is really cool and it's fun. And I'd recommend it in a heartbeat. But there can be a few bumps, often because you don't know about a tool or need some coaching. But Carol helps you smooth out those bumps or, or at least some of them. If you have comments on today's episode, leave them wherever you're listening or at twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. If you'd like to be a guest on podcasts or know someone who'd make a great guest, there's an application form at the website too. Now, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that Carol is my last official guest for the year, but that doesn't mean we're done. Next week will be a replay of the most listened to episode of 2021. And on December 29th, I'm going to review the year, my guests, and the myriad of topics we've visited. So that'll be a great episode to catch as you can jump directly to an episode of interest without browsing through months of show notes. Carol Clegg, thank you so much for being my guest today and shining up that carrot called Digital Nomad. And it was a pleasure to finally meet you. It was my only a pleasure as well, Agnes. And thank you for having me on your show. What a gift. Oh, before we close, you have a podcast. I do. It's called Connect, Inspire, Create. And we are also finishing up our year, um, but we'd look forward to talking to people for 2022. So, yeah, you'll find that on the website, connectinspirecreate.com. Oh, all okay, the details perfect. are there. So thank you for sharing that, Agnes. Appreciate it. It was lovely chatting to you. Good conversation. It, it was. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.